jazz. Come on, Daddy's doing the word. Say hello to, say hello to Jose. Right? It's kind of like a Diaz day, right? We have um, Dana leading worship, and Jose is going to be uh, preaching a great word. You know, uh, Jose and I were, were running buddies, and I guess we're becoming more running buddies again. I'm coming back to the fold of running. So we were just, uh, when was it running? Was it yesterday? Yesterday, yes. Yesterday, 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 we were uh, running and we were just talking. And Jose was telling me a bit about uh, the sermon today. And uh, I, I know it's going to really bless you. Because even just a little bit I was getting, it was like, this is a, it's going to be maybe new for some, but I think for most of us, it's going to be a very good, strong, healthy reminder um, about some of the foundational principles of our faith. So let's just, uh, I'm just going to pray for you, man. Yeah, feel free. The Lord's not offended. Get, get organized as we pray. It's all good. Lord, we just we thank you for the Diaz family and with such a blessing they've been to us at Bristol and such a blessing they've been to the kingdom on planet Earth. And Lord, we just ask right now that our hearts would be prepared to receive from your word. Lord, that we would just be in a place of fertile ground to receive the ancient truths of your word. Lord, if there are things in our lives that have not been aligned in the spirit to your kingdom, Father, we pray that we could position our spirits right now to receive of your word to get positioned correctly and positioned into a place where we receive your blessing to go out and to preach the good news. In Yeshua, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yes. Good. Uh, um, I'm really stirred. I want to I teach something this morning. Normally, people have me teach. I teach on worship and prayer and things like that. That's my favorite thing to teach on, but I'm not going to teach on worship today. Uh, I want to teach on something that I think a basic foundational uh, principle in being a believer, and, uh, and it's, a, it's essentially on what does it really mean to be born again. And I've been meditating on this a lot. And, and a few different things in this last season that's really, really, really provoked my heart in a holy way. And, and one of those is the Lord has, in, in this season, really allowed us to begin to build relationship with a lot of different leaders within the underground church of the Middle East. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's exciting and uncomfortable because, you know, as, as you're developing a relationship and, and, and we're talking about life and, and talking about Christianity, you know, I, I've had to really, in, in a healthy way, begin to re-examine my heart and my life and my commitment to the Lord in, in, in a way that I haven't done in a while. And that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to take inventory, you know, put a little bit of pause sometimes, and to take inventory of our lives. And then, you know, Christmas Eve, we're here in service and we're doing Silent Night, one of my absolute favorite Christmas carol, Christmas songs. And uh, I think the chorus, right, is Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Yeah. And, and I'm horrible at titling messages, but I figured, you know, I, I love this phrase. And I just started thinking about how many of us, uh, how many people are singing this song tonight, but have no concept of the Lordship of Jesus. Mm -hmm. How many of us, to be honest, in this room this morning, we sing the song and, you know, we've prayed a prayer but we don't really comprehend the Lordship of Jesus, that Jesus is Lord and Master, and you don't own anything of your life anymore. Come on. Yeah, yeah. 
And this is one of the, uh, you know, my, my, my good friend in the Middle East, he has this phrase that he says, and it provokes me. He says, most people in the West know Jesus as Savior, but not a lot know Jesus as Lord. And I, you know, I've kind of been provoked a little bit, just have we, maybe is the reason the gospel has been so, you know, quote unquote, successful in the West, is it because we're really preaching a watered down gospel? And I've honestly asked myself this question, you know, if things ever really got shaken in America, would the number of believers drastically go down? That's a crazy, you know, I, I've just been processing this. And, and, and without giving any details of anything, I, I was so shaken. I was in, um, a few weeks ago, in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, preaching at a church. And on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday morning, I was teaching at a Bible college. And I, and, uh, uh, I, I got up at 7.30 in the morning and was, was getting ready to go to some, like, random diner in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is great for the diners themselves. Anyways. My friend sends me a message, and he's telling me the story of a couple, an American couple that's getting ready to move to a particular place in a particular part of the world. And a really, 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 it's not where you go, right? It's a really, 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 really dangerous place. I think right now it might be the most violent place towards Christians. These are blonde-haired, blue-eyed, good old-fashioned Americans. And they're going to move with their three daughters to this country to preach the gospel. And my friend, and this is part of the interview process, says, listen, that's cool. I need you to write me an email and in writing tell me that you completely understand that the, the likelihood of either you or your wife being martyred is absolutely high and most likely probable. And then I need you to write me an email and tell me that you understand that one of your daughters is probably going to most likely be kidnapped and sold into the sex trade industry. You'll probably never see her again. I need you to tell me in writing you understand that before you go. So I'm like listening to this thing. Oh God. I'm getting ready to teach at this you know, Bible school. And so, you know, and then, and then the, the, they get touched, this couple get so touched by the Lord that they said that they wake up and whatever the next day. And, and the Lord told them to go to a cemetery and to take a photograph of the family and bury it and say, God, we're dead. Do with us whatever you want. And I just, you know, I'm sitting in, it's by myself, like 7.30 in the morning, sitting in this hotel room listening to this. And I'm so provoked in my heart. And, and not out of a place of condemnation, but out of a place of just honest, I want to examine my heart. And I just began to say, God, Am I, have I just settled? Have I settled? Like, and, and I began to think about when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I was like, man, I was so radical when I was a teenager. When I got saved, I, I'm not going to share my testimony this morning, but before I got saved, I used to, I was a bad, weird, twisted, dark person, and the Lord completely transformed my life, and I went from being this like, out loud, devil worshiper to preaching the gospel. I would stand on the table at the cafeteria in my high school and preach to the whole school every day. You know, we were like radical. And then we became professional ministers. And then we lost radical. Like, like, like it's easy to be radical here. 
And then I've just been in this, this honest just journey with the Lord and so began to revisit a few things and when the opportunity came to speak, I didn't know what to teach on. And I went to bed and had a dream and the Lord told me to teach this and I said, well, I'll do that. So I want to talk this morning on what does it really, really mean to be born again? And this concept of we have to begin to transition from knowing Jesus as Savior to knowing Jesus as Lord. Yeah. Let's go to John chapter 3. One of the most powerful conversations in the entire Bible, John chapter 3. Jesus is getting ready to speak to one of the key leaders in the day, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. Verse 1 says he was a ruler of the Jews. And you go to verse 2, this man, by the way, we're going to go through a lot of verses of the Bible. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Amen. Right? Good. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, and no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Now what happens is a lot of us, we, 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 we kind of stop there and we're like, great, you believe that God is with him, amen. Now we're going to get you to, in a little volunteer position. Verse 3, Jesus, and this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus makes it very, very hard to become a follower of this. That's right. I think there was a, I, I don't know if it, it was, uh, not Kierkegaard, it was one of those guys, around the time of Kierkegaard. Oh, maybe it was St. Thomas. Said that uh, uh, in the days of Jesus, it was difficult to become a follower, but easy to follow him. Today, it's easy to become a follower, but difficult to follow him. Then yeah. so we flipped it. In the days of Jesus, I mean, literally, he made it absolutely impossible. It was so difficult to follow him. You almost think the guy didn't want to start a ministry. I love the, you know, the, the story of the, the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and says, you know, what do I got to do to be saved? And Jesus says, and, and, he's, and he's kind of playing with him, which is like, like nothing that we teach in evangelism class. I mean, you know the law. You know the commandments. And the guy gives him the easy ones. And then Jesus says, okay, go sell everything you own. Get rid of everything you have and then come follow me. Could you imagine if on a Sunday morning, Somebody came up to you or whatever to what must I do to be saved? And your response was, sell everything you own. Everything you have, just get rid of it and go follow the Lord. So Nicodemus is like, I know that you're a great teacher and you've come from God. And then Jesus answered him and he said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there's a few things here. Number one, if you have not been born again, you don't know the kingdom of God. You've never seen it. You don't know it. You can't see it. It's impossible for you to see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. Okay, well, let's keep going. Nicodemus, this is a smart guy, said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? You can't teach a dog new, an old dog new tricks unless you have an electric collar. Anyway, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus is saying, listen, you got to be born again. How is that possible? He says, you have to be born of water and of Spirit. 
I'm not going to get too much into this, but the, you know, the, the born of water, he's talking about the baptism of repentance and the born of spirit. Is that after you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and begins this regeneration and sanctification process inside of you. And essentially what he's saying is, and, and, and he's not saying it, but he's saying it, but I'm saying it to kind of touch. He's saying, listen, it's what I'm after is so much more than for you to have a, sin, a set of doctrinal beliefs. That's right. This is so much bigger than a belief system. This is so many things. Listen, there are people that believe in Jesus that are going to hell. There are people that preach Jesus that are going to go to hell. You don't believe me? Read Matthew chapter 7. People with massive, dynamic, powerful, anointed ministries that flow in the gifts of the Spirit and cast out demons and prophesy and heal the sick. Jesus says... Some of them, some of those people that are going to come to him in the great day, the great judgment at the end of the age, and he's going to tell them, depart from me, workers of iniquity. These guys are miracle workers. They're the ones we're following on Facebook. There's something deeper that Jesus is talking about. He says, listen, unless you're born spirit, of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. First he says, you're not born again, you can't see it. And I'm asking this, rhetorically, I'm asking this to go on our journey here, but is, is it possible that the reason some of us are struggling so bad this year is because we've actually never been born again? Is it possible that the reason so many of us, we can't see the Lord right now, we can't see Him in the thing that we're going through or whatever, is it, is it possible because maybe you prayed a prayer, maybe you came into the belief system, but maybe you've actually never, ever really been born again. And is it possible that we've created the sort of, I'm not talking about Bristol, I'm talking about the, the, right, at right. large the Western church, we've created the sort of church culture that it's okay. Mm. As long as you keep showing up on Sunday and time. Is it possible? You have to be born again. Well, to see the kingdom of God and then to enter it. And so, let me, a little caveat here. Isn't it amazing that Jesus never says you have to be born again if you want to go to heaven? Never says it. Do you know that you could, I, 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 you know, like, do you know you could not find a single verse in the entire Bible that says if you repent of your sins, if you believe in the Lord, you will go to heaven? That's like the number one thing we preach. You want to go to heaven? You want to go to heaven? And Jesus is not concerned with getting you to heaven. never teaches. Not once. Not one single time in the entire four Gospels does Jesus ever promise, believe in me and you'll go to heaven. No, we've adopted this escapism doctrine. Well, any minute now the trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to escape all the bad stuff. It's no, we've allowed the American dream to infiltrate the gospel. God isn't trying to get you anywhere. He's trying to get heaven here. Jesus is actually trying to bring 
the kingdom to the earth. And what he's beginning to tell Nicodemus is, is like, listen, there is something I'm about to do on the earth, and there needs to come, there needs to be this real inward transformation if you want to be a part of it. Friends, Jesus didn't die to give the earth Sunday morning services. Jesus didn't die to give the world ushers and deacons. Jesus didn't come to establish a 501c3. Jesus came to bring a kingdom to the earth. This whole thing is about, and, 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 and there's a brilliant verse in Ephesians 1, we won't go there, it's Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. Paul calls it the mystery of the will of God. He says that when it's all said and done, he's going to unify heaven and earth in Christ. I mean, do you understand that we're all trying to go and he's trying to come? Yeah. Come on. Come on. And do you understand we're all trying, we can't wait to leave and he can't wait to come back? Woo! We're so busy trying to get out of here, we might miss him trying to get out of here. That's a good word. Let's keep going. He says, listen, verse 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You have to be. No, no, come on. I, I feel so like back in high school, living a Bible study at my, at, at my high school. This is... This is like, if we don't get John chapter 3, there's no point in me teaching you everybody should prophesy. Come on. Come on. Because you can't prophesy. Amen. You can't. You can't do it. There's no purpose in me leading you through a healing course. You can't do it. No, no, no. There has to be something deeper that happens, right? Don't marvel. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. Verse 7. Uh, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And here's what he's saying. He says, those that are born of the Spirit march to the beat of a different drum. Amen. Those that are born of the Spirit, those that have been born again, they don't look like the culture they live in. Amen. Yeah. When the rest of the culture is living in fear, they don't. When the rest of the culture is in turmoil over who's going to be the next president, they're not. Come on. When the rest of the culture says this is good, they don't buy into it. But they're different. They're marching to the rhythm of a different term. They're going where the Spirit of God goes. Because what's happened is when you become born again, you now have a whole new Lord. Let me, let me say this, and we're going to look at this little word in a minute. Every, I love God as Father, and He is. I love God as Bridegroom, and He is. I love God as Merciful, and He is. But do you understand that when you were truly born again, you were actually purchased? You are, and this sounds crazy, this is biblical, you aren't your own. You are a possession. God owns you. Yeah. Jesus is talking, and I love this, he's not, he's not mentioning heaven. 
We're the ones that mention heaven. He's talking about a kingdom and we're talking about clouds. He wants to bring dominion and we want to float. This whole thing is about a kingdom that is coming. We're so, hey listen, I, I, I believe in civil service and I love voting and all that, but we're trying to get a president in office and God's trying to bring his son on the throne. Come on. I mean, do you understand that God's best form of government is not democracy, it's called a theocracy? Yeah. And God's ideal form of government, your opinion doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. Do you understand that in God's ideal government, whatever you think about the, the direction of the government doesn't matter? No, but we, one of these days we're going to float up into heaven and you have to understand something. With the, the whole purpose of being born again is about being transformed. Right? It's this inward transformation experience that qualifies, empowers, or, or positions you to truly see, enter, and receive, or be a part of the kingdom of God. This is all about, about being a part of the kingdom of God here on the earth. Look at something real quick. Go to Acts chapter 1. You guys with me? Yeah. I hope you're encouraged. Yeah. I am. Acts chapter 1. Verse 6. <clears throat> you see, I, just, I really want to hit on this for a second. Nobody in the times of Jesus is concerned with the idea of dying and going to heaven. If you are a Jew in the first century, you're not wondering, man, what am I going to do to get to heaven? You're wondering, what are we going to do to overthrow the Roman occupation and build the kingdom of David here on the earth? Everything is centered on here on the earth. And friends, that's because God designed it that way. What a powerless gospel. If all the blood of Jesus can do is assure you that when you die, you won't go to hell, but it can't deliver you from anxiety and fear and depression oh, and sin. Amen. What, a, what a waste. It's not the gospel. I don't want to follow that. If my God can't deliver me from fear, I don't want him. Come on. Come on. If the power of the gospel is only relevant when I die, it's fake. It's not real. Stop promising people something that's just a, a, a powerless thing. No, that's real. The power is now. Yeah. Acts chapter 1, they're, they're, they still don't get it. He's died. He's resurrected. He's about to ascend. Verse 6. Therefore, when they have come together, and Jesus is about to be ascended, they asked him, saying, Lord, are we about to go to heaven now? Are we about to go to the sweet bye-bye? Lord, one bad morning, when this time was over, are we? No, that's not what they're asking. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That's what, that, that's what the, the, the whole time Jesus is doing miracles, they're like, now, are you going to be the king now? He said, that's all they're worried about. No one's wondering about the rapture. No one's worried about dying. They're all wondering, what is the kingdom, is, is the kingdom now, is it now, is it now, and is it now? And he's going to tell them, and you see this through the Gospels, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't, and it's the same answer right now. The kingdom is here, and the kingdom is coming. And here's what they couldn't see. What they couldn't 
tendency is that Jesus' first coming was not about establishing a throne in a city, but was about establishing his throne in human hearts. Amen. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's like it took the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to really something inside of them to, to flip that switch and to realize, oh my gosh, it's in, you can't release the kingdom of God in your city or in your family until you've got the kingdom of God inside of you. Because you can't give what you don't got. You can't impart what you don't have. And they, they didn't get it. It, it, it was like this three-year journey of things. Is it now? Is it now? Is it now? And he's like, yes, but it's not what you think. Lord, is the time now? Are you going to build your kingdom and your glory and your government in Jerusalem and rule the nations with the rod of iron like David prophesied in Psalm 2? He said, yes, but not where you think. I'm not going to be enthroned in Jerusalem yet until I'm enthroned in your hearts. And friends, God's vision, God's battle plan, God's game plan is still the same right now. He's not going after the mountain down the street. He's going after the mountain of your heart. Come on. And the whole born again experience is about dethroning every other God, every other king in our hearts, and completely enthroning Jesus in that place. This is what this whole thing is about. Friends, I'm telling you, let me just say it, let me say it like this, let me help you. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you are not born again. Woo! Period. Which means you're not saved. And you can't go, and you can't go to heaven if you ain't saved. I feel like an old backwoods preacher. Praise God, y'all. But no, but this is important that you get this. I, I, like, like, I'm great. I'm, I'm glad that you lead conservative. But if Jesus isn't Lord, you're not born again. And if you're not born again, you can't get the kingdom. Josephine agrees. <laughs> Let's look at a few things here. This is we're, 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 we're going on a journey. So number one, the promise of the gospel is not to die and go to hell. I want to make this very, very clear. That is not the good news. That's not good news. Good news is that I know this is really, really bad, but one day we'll, we'll all escape. No, that's not good news. That's like your marriage is falling apart. The good news is one day you'll get divorced. Number two, Jesus wants to bring his kingdom to the earth. This is important. He's not, he's not trying to get us to escape. He's actually trying to come. This is why in Matthew 6... He doesn't teach us to pray, get us out of here quickly, amen. He teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth the same way it is in heaven. That's why he teaches us to pray that. And he's trying to change, and, and probably for 2,000 years in advance, because you know everybody, when we try to escape everything, he said, no, I'm not trying to get you out of here. Number three, he wants to do this by beginning, or the way he begins this process is by ruling in our hearts. Alright? Is that making sense? Yeah. What's to rule in your heart? Alright, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4. Should have used all these millions of bookmarks that I have in my Bible. 
Matthew 4, let's look at this verse 17. It's hard for the mic. It is, right? It is. People don't know. I don't like the backstory. I need it, I I feel like I should do some weird dance for you. Alright, Matthew chapter 4. Let's look at this. This is Jesus' first teaching, his first instruction to, to, to people on the earth. Look at what he says. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4. From that time, let me give you a little uh, synopsis. Jesus gets baptized, and then God leads him to the desert to be tempted by the devil. God. It says, and Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. This is amazing. God did this. God was behind this whole thing. What a cute little lamb. After 40 days, while he's there, John the Baptist gets arrested, goes to prison, and Jesus does the most amazing thing. He takes his message. And he just, just starts preaching. Verse 17 of John chapter 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach. And say, this is the first teaching of Jesus in the New Testament. And I think it's important, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a theological principle in theology that the law first mentioned. This is the first mention of anything Jesus would teach. And what this is going to tell us is this is going to set the foundation of everything else he's going to teach. Let me say it like this. If we don't comprehend, if we don't walk in Matthew 4, 17, there's no point in going to Matthew 5 and reading the sermon. You can't do, blessed are the poor in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those who are for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the peacemakers. You can't do that. It's no point in you memorizing it and learning it if you don't do Matthew 4, 17. There's no point in me telling you that all authority uh, in heaven and earth has been given to me and I give to you. Preach the gospel to all the nations, casting out demons, right? I, I, I make this, you know, it doesn't matter if I tell you that stuff. It doesn't matter if I teach you how to have authority over demons. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter if you first don't comprehend and walk out Jesus' first teaching in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And here's what he says. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is not in heaven, it's coming. Everything else in the teachings of Jesus, everything in the book of Acts and Romans and 1st and 2nd Corinthians and all the epistles, all the way to the book of Revelation, this is the key to open up the door to every other truth in the New Testament. Come on. This is the key. If you don't do this, notice he doesn't say, Pray this prayer, and now you're in. Doesn't say that. He doesn't say join the membership class. And then take a chance and then stand up on a Sunday morning and tell everyone, you're going to join this church, and now you're productive. He doesn't say half the stuff we tell people to do. Come on. And that's why we can't do half of what he told us to do. Come on. Dude, 
pretend that every single person Jesus prayed for got healed? And then, and then we have to come up with some reason to explain why it doesn't for us? I don't see that in the Bible. Repent is not the same as say a prayer. Repent is not the same as here's this doctrinal set of beliefs and we believe them. No, no, no. Repent is come out of total alignment, total agreement with sin, and come into total alignment and total agreement with God. Yeah. Because the kingdom is coming, and if you don't do that, you'll miss it. Because the kingdom is coming, and if you don't do that, you can't get it. Because the kingdom is coming, and if you don't do that, you won't even be able to see it. It'll be standing right in front of you, and you won't even be able to see it. Now, let's repent. We hear that word, and we think of some old God walking around. But no, repent's a good thing, it's a gift. You know what I'm saying? That angels can't repent? There's no other being in the creative order that has the ability to repent. We are the only beings in the entire creative order, actually including God, and even though he's not created. There's actually a few scriptures where the Lord that says, says that the Lord repented that he made Saul king. Repentance literally means, man, you know what? This thing, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to go this way. When it change, it's this changing of the way we think of it. So I, I, I really want to emphasize this. What I'm talking about is so much more than a prayer. It's, it's making Jesus Lord over your life. How do you receive the kingdom? Make the king your king. Amen. Yeah. Is, let's get this, right? How do you receive the kingdom of God? Make the king of that kingdom your king. I'll tell you which kingdom you belong to, who's ruling your heart. Yeah. You want to know who you worship? What do you think about the most? That's what you worship. Yeah. <clears throat> worship is not, it's, it's, you can get up here and sing all the right songs, it doesn't matter. God's after more than your song, He's after your life. Amen. God's after more than the right words, He's after your life. Who do you think about the most? That's who you worship. What, what is it? What is the thing behind every decision you make? That's your God. What's driven you in 2020? That's, that's your Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. I have no idea what time it is. I'm just going to go till I'm done. Amen? Amen. Last service of the year. <laughs> McDonald's is open. We're all good. <laughs> Isn't that one of the best parts about being an American? Is you know at least McDonald's is open. <laughs> one time we went to, uh, I'm not going to say the country. Because there's people from the other. I went to a country where food's just very different. Very different. It affected every which way about you. We were there for 10 days. After 10 days of eating the same thing, we landed in Newark, New Jersey. There was one thing open at 2 in the morning. McDonald's. And it's, I mean, it sounded like a Brazilian, a quarter pounder of a Big Mac sauce. Sounded like a Brazilian steakhouse. 
So we're on our way to the hotel in the middle of Newark, New Jersey. And we did this whole, this new invention called Uber Eats. And somebody was going to drive to McDonald's for us and pick us up our food and bring it to us. And, there, and there's a guarantee the bag has to be sealed. That's how you know it wasn't open. So dude goes and picks up our double quarter pounder with cheese, eggs, Big Mac sauce, and chicken nuggets, and fries, and cook. I'm aware, I was back in America. Come. Yes. There's nothing more assuring than the golden arches. I mean, that's just, just literally, you just, you know, you know if you call the cops, they're going to come to your house and take care of business. You saw the golden cubers, the golden arches. Here there is. Anyways, we're looking at Uber Eats, and this guy's just driving in circles. And I said, man, he's eating our fries. Sure enough, the bag was open. We didn't care, we still ate it. <laughs> I don't, oh yeah, so McDonald's will be open, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Roman chapter time, I forgot why I said that. <laughs> but listen, if you're too hoity-toity, nothing will humble you quicker than a Big Mac. Sometimes you just got to go in. Okay, Romans 10, verse 9. So again, we're talking about so much more than praying a prayer. First, like, there's not a single place in the entire Bible where they told someone, pray a prayer, and then after you pray a prayer, go through a three-week baptism class, then you can be baptized. It didn't work that way. Right. You want to believe in the Lord? Great. Whatever you're wearing, go get baptized now. Well, it's cold outside. Well, it's a lot better than fiery hell. You're my God. 
go take an hour and begin to just go deep in what that one little phrase, what the ramifications of that statement. You get the final say in everything. Amen. You decide what I do with my money. You decide what I do with my time. You decide how I treat people. It doesn't matter how justified or unjustified I feel. That doesn't matter. You're God, I'm not. You're Lord, I'm not. To be born again, simply put, is to submit fully to the Lordship or the leadership of Jesus. This is what we're talking about. To be fully submitted, fully given over every single area of your life, completely under the leadership and control of Jesus. It's to so trust what you say. I so believe in you. Right? We know that John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's, 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 I believe this stuff so much for real that I'm, I'm in all the way. Everything I have, everything I have, everything I'm in 1,000%. I love this. Go back to Matthew chapter 3. Go look at our good friend, John the Baptist. Matthew 3. John says one of the most profound statements, in my opinion, in the New Testament. Matthew 3, verse 8. The, the Pharisees come to see John. They're kind of weirded out by him. Verse 8, he says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Here's what he's saying. He says, live, if somebody were to come to your life, they ought to be able to know if you've been born again or not. Amen. If I go to a tree and there's oranges on it, I don't need a horticulture course to tell me that that's an orange tree. If I go to a tree and there's, you know, I don't know, coconuts on it, no one needs, I don't need a class on prophetic discernment and I don't dethrone Jezebel to understand that that's a coconut tree. John the Baptist is saying, you ought to live the life in such a way that if someone came to look at you, they could say, oh yeah, he's repentant. Look. Look at the fruit that's coming out of his life. And we ask you a question. I'm not asking this a condemnation. I'm simply asking you the same questions I've been asking myself these last few weeks. What fruit are you bearing? He doesn't say bear fruit. He doesn't say talk in such a way. I love it. What's it? I think it's St. Augustine, the famous saying, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Amen. The problem is, is we need words because we don't have the lifestyle to back up what we're talking about. Mm. So everybody needs a podcast. Everybody needs a, we, everybody's talking to make up for the fact that there's not much substance. I mean, the healing conferences I go to and nobody gets healed. I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm asking you, not a, I'm, I'm, these, and I'm telling you, these are the right. same questions right. I'm asking myself. If I came to you, if you were a tree and I came, what fruit would I get? Yeah. Amen. That's right. I'm not talking about on Sunday morning, I'm talking about Tuesday at 3. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 
talking about out loud. I'm talking about in your heart, in your thought life. If I came to pick fruit, who's God? Or who would be your God? I 
say. And you don't change it, you do it the way I said it. How about this? Would you follow him even if it made you uncomfortable? How about this one? Would you follow him even if it costed you your life? This, I'm not talking about in the spirit. Yes, you got to die yourself. No, no. I'm talking about would you follow him to the point of death? It blows my mind. The questions people ask me. Well, now that you have a kid, are you going to stop going to dangerous countries? Well, is Jesus not worthy anymore? That's right. Now that this, now that that, now that... Well, now that you got a little more money, you know, are you gonna are you gonna play it safer? Are you gonna thank God Jesus didn't have anybody around him giving him the advice most of us are given? Mm-hmm. I want to look at Romans six. Can we do that? Romans six. Give me about oh, five ten minutes. Is that okay? Yeah. Romans chapter six. I had a dream that I preached Romans six minutes. I wanted to set the stage to Romans six. God is going to hold us accountable for how we live our lives. I wrote this down, and, and, and I want to promote this because we have, I'm, I'm putting myself in this for too long, tolerated, or made excuses for sin patterns that Jesus died to deliver us from. And the gifts of the serious? 
Jesus died to free us from. It's time to start believing and living the thing we're talking about. And do what you gotta do. You can't stop watching porn, throw your laptop away. Amen. Throw the dang thing away, throw your phone away, get a flip phone. You rather be convenient or would you rather be free? Mm. Would you rather be comfortable or would you rather be free? What do you want? What do you want? Would you rather have comfort or would you rather have the kingdom? Come on. Yeah, good word. So what I love about Romans 6, it's a beautiful picture of the power of being born again. But I don't want a powerless gospel. I'm tired of a powerless gospel. I'm tired of talk and no action. Do you understand that the book of Hebrews says that God backed up the preaching of the apostles with various signs and wonders? Amen. Do you understand that? He backed up the, the, the preaching of the apostles with various signs and wonders. Guys, why isn't God backing us up anymore? I'm not saying everyone, I'm, I'm giving general sense. I hope you understand that. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. We're just going to go through this and then we'll end. Is that okay? Romans 6, last service of the year. Let's end strong. Yeah. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul saying, What shall we say? Since the grace of God is so good, should we continue in sin in order that there might be more sin, more grace? Now that might sound far-fetched. I know people that teach this. <coughs> Certainly not. I love it in the King James. God forbid. Sometimes you gotta go back to the sometimes they just say things so dramatic. God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Amen. He's literally explaining to us what the born-again life is like. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? How shall we, this whole born again, born again, because you die and you're born again. And if you're born again, how shall we who die to sin live in any longer? Verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Amen. This is the power of baptism. You know, sometimes I think about, I think the Catholics have this beat in yeah. the sense of, We've made so light of some of these sacraments like baptism and communion. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right, well, I mean, like, guys, do you understand that baptism is powerful? Yeah. So powerful. Paul is saying that when you go into the water, who you used to be is totally dead. Amen. Totally dead. Gone. You ever seen someone die before? They're that dead. He, he's not using like charismatic uh, 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 hyperbole. No, no, he said, no, no, you need to understand the power of the waters of baptism. When you go in, in the same way that Jesus died, you die. Amen. I remember when I got this, I went and got baptized again in my yeah. life right there. there. Yeah. Right to the beach in Florida, where there's sharks and alligators, got in the water, and I said, Well, I'm better than the sand because I didn't get it the first time. <laughs> You're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, 
that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Can we keep going? For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. In other words, in the same way that when you go in the water, you die. When you come out, the same way that he came out, in a completely different way, you don't come out the same. Friends, if you're still the same, it's time to go back into the water. That's right. Knowing this, we're saying that our old man, the old man, the old woman, the old excuses, the old ways of, of living, the old mindsets, the old habits, all of those things, the old hurts when your father abandoned you or this person did this, all of that, every single bit of it. Do you not know that our old man was crucified with him? Come on. Hung up there, naked. Not one little part of it covered up for everybody to see. And he ripped apart too. Yeah. Come on. Friends, the passion of Christ is like PG compared to what it really looked like. Amen. And he ripped him apart. Shredder. They said that they, when they walked by him, they couldn't tell if it was a man or an animal. Our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. No longer a slave of sin. No longer a slave of sin. Let's keep going. For he who has died has been freed from sin. You were born again. When you were born again, you didn't want to pray prayer. You literally died and then you come back to life. And you're freed from sin. Verse 8, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Friends, who has dominion over you? Jesus. Are you bearing fruit? No one testified to that. Mm. Verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, likewise you also. Likewise you also. Me also. Me, you and me. Likewise us. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Reckon yourself to be dead to addiction. Reckon yourself to be dead to pornography. Reckon yourselves to be dead to selfishness. Reckon yourself to be dead to stinginess. Reckon yourselves to be dead to hopelessness. Reckon yourselves to be dead to fear, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verse 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your earthly bodies. Therefore, come, uh, stop living like
like sin is your God. Stop living like sin is your Lord. It should not have dominion over you because when you die, you transferred kingdoms. Come on. Right. Well, then why isn't it happening to you at night yet? Maybe you've just been hanging around the cross, but you've never gotten off it. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. You know what that tells me? Just because I feel tempted, don't mean I have to give into it. That's right. Just because I want to go get drunk doesn't mean I have to. Just because I want to watch porn doesn't mean I have to. Just because I want to get a tub of ice cream by myself doesn't mean I have to. Do not present restricting your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. We're just going to read the whole chapters, okay? The Lord told me to do that in the dreams. I'm doing it. I have a dream. So when it comes to doing it, do it. Don't think, just do it. I have to figure it out later. It's a good sermon. <laughs> Obey, figure it out later. Verse 14, for sin, for sin, doesn't matter what it is. I don't care how deep, I don't care how bad, I don't care how long, I don't care how addicted, I don't care how abused, I don't care how hurt. That's right. Amen. We have more faith in our past hurts than we do on the cross. Amen. We have more faith in what our mom or daddy did or didn't do than in Jesus. We have more faith in sickness and disease than in Jesus. We have more faith in the virus, whatever. Fill in the blank, whatever it is, and you've got your hanging your head on. Stop making it. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. For you are not under law, but under grace. What's the, what's the grace of love? Grace is just because you used to doesn't mean you still have to. That's right. I love Paul. Verse 15, what then? What a great question. What then? Now, what are we doing? Okay, well, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace. Shall we sin because we're forgiven and we pray a prayer? Shall we sin because we know I had prayed a prayer a few years ago and I don't? No, 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 no. He says, you're crazy. God forbid. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey. You are that one slave whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death, of obedience leading to righteousness. I know I love talking about sonship. I love talking about being the bride. But do you know that you're a slave of someone? Come on, man. That's right. And he doesn't say... You're the slave of the one you talk about. He's saying you're the slave of the one you obey. That's right. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. He didn't say you confessed. He said you obeyed. Right. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We are supposed to be slaves of righteousness. 
Whatever righteousness says, we do. Amen. Slaves of righteousness. Verse 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of the flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present yourself, present your body as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Amen. Let's chunk right here. For when you are slaves of sin, you are free in regard to righteousness. Right. When you were right. sin slave, you didn't have, it didn't matter if you were righteous or not because righteousness wasn't your king. You were not under the Lord's lordship. Jesus was not your Lord. Even though you sang it on Christmas Eve, he wasn't your Lord. When you, this is what he says, you're not held accountable. Why? Because you know what Paul says? He says, by nature we were children of wrath. Mm. What fruit, what are talking about fruit again? What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now saying? What fruit was there in all that, all the stuff that we tolerate? What's the fruit of it? For the end of those things is that, verse 22, but now, say now. Now. Now when you, not when you have it, now. December 27, 2020. Uh, and, and, and it's not, who gets put in office, it doesn't matter if you keep your job, lose your job. It, nothing outside in the earthly world will affect the truth of verse 22. Come on. <clears throat> stand to our feet. Want to jump on the keys? Come on. Verse 22. Now say now. Now. Now say now. 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 Have you been set free from sin? Not after you go through a course. Not after we've done it. Now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God. Amen. Amen. You have. Your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. And we know this. This could have been quoted a trillion times in youth group. For the wages of sin is death. You know, I've, I've just been provoked. I've been, been to 40 nations. I've flown almost a million miles. I'm one airline. Never, I've never looked at it ever once again in my life. Praise God. 
I just believed. Like, I literally just believed it. And someone, I used to smoke cigarettes. And they said, well, God can deliver you. And I said, okay. I never smoked it. Never, ever smoked a cigarette again. So I was like, I didn't, because you know why? I, I didn't know a bunch of stuff. And there weren't any conferences or podcasts. I just had the Bible. And then somebody would say, well, here's, here, if, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should do this. And I just said, okay, and I did it. Amen. And then we got professional. And then we got really good. And then we started discussing this. And then we got so prophetic, we forgot about the power of the cross. Come on. Or whatever. We got so prophetic, we started, we started making okay the things that you said And I'll tell you, I'm just, I'm just praying. I said, God, I want to go back. I just want to go back to that simplicity of like, if you said it, it must be true. Come on. I mean, Amen. You're telling me I don't have to, I don't have to be rude to people. Okay. Amen. I can be patient. Fear not. Okay. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplications, make your request known. Okay. I'm like, okay, okay, if you said it, that's it. It's over. I don't need a, I don't need a, a confirming word. This is it. Amen. So I want to do a few things. Is that okay, Pastor Nick? But I just was praying last night at my kitchen table. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is powerful. Amen. Do it. A lot. Do it out loud, especially when you're tempted. Mm-hmm. I like to do it when I'm most likely to get stopped by some weird person. I love to do it at the airport. Oh, praise God. There's just so, so many amazing things being sold that I want to buy. My wife would be mad to pray with my tongue. <laughs> Sometimes I pray over that my tongue to say, God, tell somebody to me. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I was praying last night, and this is what I thought the Lord told me, because I want to do a few things. Every head up, every head up. <laughs> don't close your eyes, don't buy your head. Do the opposite. Amen. I want to do something. It might be someone, it might be no one, it, it, you know, it, this is not a notch in my belt, but I want to, I want to give you an opportunity. It's the end of the year. We're going into the new year. I want you to just, I want you to accept in your heart. Amen. We'll do this for a second. We'll close your eyes for a second and then we'll open it back up. Because sometimes I may feel like distracted. So close your eyes. Okay. I want to examine, I'm just, I want you just to be honest, be honest. Examine your heart. Just examine your heart and examine where you're at. Just take a minute. Just examine. And here's, 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 this is not a condemnation. This is just about, I want to follow the Lord. I want you to, I want you to truly examine your heart. And after listening, if you're like, you know what? I don't know if, I, if I'm actually really born again. I think I prayed a prayer. I, I believe. I don't know if I really died to myself. I don't really know. And I want to. And, and again, there might be someone. There might not be someone. But if you're provoked and convicted, and you're, I mean, open your eyes. You're like, man, you know what? I'm not born again, but I want to be born again. I want you to come down. We're going to pray for you. Yeah. There might be someone, there might not be someone. It's okay. But if there is someone and you're provoked, come down. I'll give it a minute. There's a lot of guts. There's a lot more guts. I didn't make it on the cross. Anybody here? And if there's not, it's okay. I'm not saying you didn't love the Lord. I'm not saying you didn't believe in the Lord. I'm just saying that you're like, I don't know if Jesus has been my Lord. I don't know if he's had dominion over my life. And now I want him to have dominion. I want Jesus 
to be my Lord. I don't want to just have a belief system. I want him to be my Lord. Come on, amen. Come on, let's give it up for him. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage. Anyone else? Anyone else? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. It's going to be old school. Is that cool? Yes. I'm going to give you the mic. And I just want you to, to in your own heart, in your own mind, make Jesus Lord. Are you cool with that? Just say it can be as simple as Lord, I surrender. I die to myself. I want you, whatever. I, want you. I, can, I can't do it for you. Do it. Let's, let's just agree with you. Uh, Lord, I want this next year to be different, and I uh, surrender to you with all my heart. Yeah, come on. Amen. sin patterns and life choices and I'm done and I don't want to make excuses anymore and I want to go into this next year different, I want to submit to your Lordship come down, anybody here? anybody here? it's a prayer, come on, it's a fresh repentance anyone else? yeah, me too hey, I'm responding to this altar call too, just FYI anyone else? Examine your heart. You're like, you know what? There's areas of my life I need to yes. surrender to the Lord. There's places where the Lord is not, I'm not walking in that worship. Come down. Anyone else? Come on. Takes a lot of guts.